It's time for Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here is your host, the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. A very pleasant good morning on this Tuesday morning, October 10th, 2023, and another edition of Wolo and Friends. I'm Brett Norsworthy with Zach Boyd producing in our Flynn Broadcasting Studios. Wherever we are, we're always in our family leisure studios, and Dave will return tomorrow, and he will be here ready to go, building toward the big game on Friday night between the Tigers and Tulane, and you can feel it building. I sure do, and I'm looking forward to the game on Friday night for the Tigers in a, the most important AAC game of the year, no, no doubt about that, and with a win really will control their destiny to at minimum be the second team, maybe have to be the visitor, but a win Friday night over Tulane, and that, that could control who hosts the AAC championship game. That was critical for the Tigers in 2019 when they got that win en route to the Cotton Bowl. It was critical last year for Tulane to have the game on campus at Yeoman Stadium. They won that game, and then they went on and pulled the mammoth upset over mighty Southern Cal with the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams. That's Friday. This is today, and today we will be very busy. Tim Doolin will join us to talk baseball. Jeff Moore is always talking the NFL. And T.J. Reeves, the sideline reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, on that and other things, including the ouster of his Tampa Bay Rays from the baseball playoffs last week. Pretty quick, 2-0. You blink, you missed those teams last week that lost in those wild card rounds all going out 2-0. It almost feels like they didn't even make the playoffs, and that is that is a tough feeling to, to win all those games and then out that quickly. Baltimore, to a degree facing that, if they go out tonight against Texas, being swept in Texas on a 101-win season, they've got to win to stay alive. You heard Greg and Eli talking about tonight, this afternoon, really, uh, matinee starts the NHL season. No hockey expert am I, but I know Zach Boyd is. So, Zach, all hockey questions go to you. You ready to, to break down the NHL season? And I don't even know how many games they play. All 80, 80 games, 82 how games. Many. How many games they play, Zach? I'm I not sure. No idea. So hockey experts, you're not, huh? Uh, I mean, I mean, I know Sidney Crosby. You know the, I I know um, was it was it Malkin and uh, what's the other boy's name? I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I turned to you for expert stats. No, I do like going to hockey in person, but master the obvious comment here. If you know me at all, I'm extremely cold natured. I was a little bit cool Saturday in the Grove, but I, but I, but I was, I, I was dressed right. I'm an extremely cold natured person. Everybody, I, I burn them up in my car, at my house, just everybody. It, 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 it drives them crazy. So two years ago, May of 2022, year and a half ago, May of 2022, I'm in St. Louis for baseball and I go to afternoon baseball. It's, uh, you know, it's middle of May. It's 80 degrees, you know, great weather, wear shorts the game. At the game, a friend of mine in St. Louis says, hey, you want to go to the hockey playoff game tonight between the Blues and the Minnesota Wild? Got, got great seats in a box, no less. I said, yeah, heck yeah, I'd love to. And I like going in person. I went to that darn game and almost froze to death inside. <laughs> 
It's cold inside hockey because they've got frozen water. Yes. I mean, master of the obvious comment, Zach. I mean, I froze. My teeth were chattering at that dang game. And it, it, it was fun. And I've always wondered this about hockey. I would love for a hockey aficionado, hockey expert to let, let me know at 901-360-8255 at our text line, 901-360-8255. If you're there, and there's a hat, uh, and, and some a player scores three goals, hat trick, and right. you toss your hat onto the ice. Is there a pickup center later for said hat? Zach, you have on a hat right now. If you tossed it out on the ice, and and you know they come out and scoop them up with those big old shovels and they haul them off. Is there a place to go to retrieve it later, or does it just go to the dumpster? I mean, you better off just going back back to the to, to, to the team store and buying you another hat, man. I I'm sorry. It's like once you throw and, that and, hat, and it's all it's bye bye. Well, well, I know that. I mean, once you toss it out there, there's I mean, there's a good chance that's the end of you in the hat. But what if you just just bought it pregame at team store? And I would say team store lids cost starting at sixty. Would that be close, Zach? Yeah. Well, you should have made close. decisions and not toss your hat on the ring, man. Maybe so. And, and then, and instead of maybe you can't go to a place and get it back, do they, are they just thrown to the dumpster and all those good hats just go to waste? I'm, I mean, it just it just depends on what they do with them. I, I doubt they'll throw them away because they probably try to find some, you know, try to clean them and then resell them. I, I've got friends of mine right now going, boy, Brad has hit on the two central tenets of his life. And it really may be cold-natured and I don't waste anything. I can't stand waste. I can't stand the idea of a good working lid just tossed in the dumpster. But last night on Monday Night Football, it was 17-13 Raiders. Jimmy Garoppolo was just a little bit better than Jordan Love. Not a whole lot better, but enough better to win that low-scoring affair and wrap up the NFL week. Boy, isn't it busy in Vegas these days? That, that's another master of the obvious comment. Last night, they hosted Monday Night Football. I think they hosted the Lakers exhibition and preseason game, did they not, Zach? Didn't the Lakers play at home last night or play in Vegas last night? They did. They did, and tonight... Ring ceremony and the banner drops for the Vegas Golden Knights as as the reigning Stanley Cup champions. That that's tonight there in Vegas and, and tonight in downtown Memphis. Grizzlies against the Bucks. If you miss this tonight, you can see it again in about two weeks when the Grizzlies have opening night when it really counts against Giannis and Tadakupo and the Milwaukee Bucks. Talk baseball with us. Tim Doolin joins us now. And, Tim Doolin, I know you are very <laughs> proud of what you've done with your, your baseball program with the Doolin Dodgers, and I know your 18-and-under team at, at Perfect Game. Co-national champs last week in, in Jupiter. Top 100 teams in the country. You guys went 7 and zip in front of a bunch of college and pro scouts. It got a lot of people scholarships, and it'll get a lot of people drafted. Well, I'll tell you what, Stats. I've been going to that event for probably, I don't know, going on 20 years, and uh, I've never really taken a team down there to, to try to win it because there's so many teams that are put together just for this event. Impossible that, to win. It, it, well, the, the tough part about it is you're playing one game a day. There's all kind of pitch rules, pitch limits. 
and, and rightfully so, but uh, some teams will go down there with 30, 32 players, and if you don't get deep into it, you, you leave there, and some of the kids don't even get a chance to play. So I've never really taken a team down there for that. Uh, more more so, I've taken a, a blend of, of seniors that are currently uh, in their last year of high school, and then I've taken young guys. Mm-hmm. I took Blaze Jordan as early as uh, 14 just to get in front of the scouts and, and, and that atmosphere. So as they get older, they're not in awe of it when it comes down to crunch time. But we were able to uh, to take a really, really deep roster this year. Uh, we, we picked up some, some really good arms, and our pitchers did outstanding. And obviously when you're playing on spring training fields that are much bigger uh, than high school fields and they're using wooden bats, it uh, it makes it a, a, a lot simpler as far as, you know, attacking the strike zone. And our pitchers did a really good job. And, I uh, had some great games, but I appreciate that. Tim, the you, we, congratulations, well done. And Tim, oh, oh, the the pitching theory out there, I just th- th- this is it drives me crazy to go to AutoZone Park and see the Cardinal pitchers that cannot pitch in the strike zone. It makes for long games, a lot of pitchers, a lot of walks, a lot of full counts. You've got to pitch in the strike zone to be effective. Well, you got to. So many times they go up there, and at all levels, to be honest with you, and instead of attacking the strike zone, instead of pitching to contact, they're trying to pitch away from contact, and ultimately you end up getting in bad, bad counts uh-huh. for, for pitchers and good hitters counts, and then you next thing you know, you walk a guy, hit a guy, and you got two guys on a single, uh, and you're giving up, uh, you know, too many earned run, unearned runs uh, that ultimately come back to haunt you. And we talked about Baltimore and their organization last week and what their AAA team, Norfolk, did. It was so fun to watch them, not just, not just hitting and how they ran, ran the bases. And they, they, would take, uh, they, they would take first or third every time. But their pitching approach, and that's organizational, it's in the strike zone. That's not working out very well right now in this round of games. They're down 2-0, and they face elimination tonight down in Dallas, down in Arlington against the Rangers. On Sunday, the Rangers got 11. The Cowboys only got 10 Sunday, Tim. <laughs> Jerry Jones needs to, needs to talk to some of their, <laughs> their front office. He needs to talk to both of you. Yeah, no question. Well, you know what's funny is, like, you know, the, the Rangers have lost some, some quality arms that they picked up in free, agents, free agency, but I think the Bruce Bochy effect and the, the fact that Simeon and and some of their veteran guys are having really good years. Uh, I think, you know, kudos to the Orioles for, you know, getting there. I just don't think – I don't know if they're going to – they could win tonight, uh, but I, I don't think they're going to be able to, to, to survive it. You know, interesting enough, you look at uh, the Braves, if Austin Riley doesn't come up big with that home run and that remarkable play to, um, to, to double off Bryce Harper – you know, you're going to look up. The Braves are down 2-0 because of, I think, right. because of the huge layoff. The Dodgers are down 2-0 because of the layoff. And it's going to be awful tough because you got a Diamondbacks team that's playing with house money. They're not supposed to be there. They're young. They're hungry. And, you know, and they're not they're, – they're a good team. And so it's not like the Braves – I mean, the, the Dodgers can say, oh, we're going to win three in a row. It's not going to be that easy. It, it sure isn't. The Dodgers are in real trouble. And you're right. The Braves were facing that. They were looking right down the, the barrel at it, but then it happened. Did you have Austin Riley as a youngster? I did. I did. He was, you know, ironically enough, Austin was uh, a potential two-way guy in the draft. Half the teams liked him as a pitcher. Half of them liked him as a hitter. 
um, you know, and he said, I want to be a hitter. And so it was, it was kind of unique because we were trying to tell the teams that, that were going to draft him as a pitcher, don't draft him. He's going to go to Mississippi state. And then ultimately the Braves, uh, the Braves, you know, obviously made a great pick in Austin Riley. He's, uh, people don't realize how big this guy is and he's super athletic, uh, and is able, is, was able to slow the game down much like Mookie at a very young age and just, uh, was just very cerebral. His dad did an unbelievable job, um, of, of teaching him and tutoring him, you know, from a, from a young player all the way, probably still today gives him advice, but, uh, yeah, Austin Riley's a special, special player. Tim kind of, uh, kind of just worldview of things after they get to that level and i'm gonna bring up a sad case we, we saw it here where colby rasmus dad would never let the cardinals people mm-hmm. kind of dad move aside let us take over from here how 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 much do you want dad and and maybe even someone like you from the upbringing how much do those organizations want them involved instead of hey step aside let us handle it from here well, I tell you, it's it's really rampant. I mean, it's and I, look, I lived it with my son. It's just very mm-hmm. difficult as a father uh, to to step back and just let. It's called experience, right? They're gonna go. They're gonna struggle. They're gonna have the hat trick. They're gonna do things. They're gonna make errors. And unfortunately, you you, you got to teach them and you got to train them. But then when they go play the game, you got to let them take the test. Sometimes they're gonna fail it. Sometimes they're not. But ultimately, uh, in Austin's case, his dad was all outstanding i think a large part because mike played and understood how hard the game is some of these parents uh they don't understand how difficult the game is to hit it to pitch it and to do all the things at at the highest level so and it's still very uh difficult in in our space uh because we've created such a a social media presence and such you know we've got nine-year-old parents that know what their son's batting average is because they're keeping it on game changer well go to the dr they don't have a game changer and they're playing an open no. field and they're just competing. So, uh, I, I think ultimately, I think part of the reason why we do what we do is to try to help change the culture and get them back to where just go play, you know, uh, because if not, you're going to have 50 pounds of, you know what, on your back and you're never going to reach your potential because of it. The National League, they're taking the day off today, and you mentioned uh, one series 2-0, Arizona 1-1-1, and it was an unlikely 1-1. The Braves really pulled one out on a sensational series of events, the home run, then the defensive Sterling Jim for the double play to end the game, and the call by Brian Anderson last night was just great on, on TBS today. Both games on Fox, 307, Astros at Twins. Outside in Minneapolis, I don't think they're going to be in short sleeves like last week and tonight I mentioned Orioles at Rangers. Uh, who, who takes that first game, Astros or Twins? I think the Astros will, but, they, but again, the Twins are much like the Diamondbacks. They're, you know, they're, they're kind of finally, they've finally won a game in the playoffs, which they haven't done in mm-hmm. a long time. And they've got On a the really road. good club. Yeah, the, the Astros are going to have the Astros are going to have to play solid baseball, but I do think the Astros are going to win. And Orioles at Rangers. Rangers get the brooms out tonight in Arlington. Uh, probably so, but I, I kind of hope the Orioles obviously uh, would at least win a game just to kind of extend it a little bit. But uh, I, I, I wouldn't pick against the the, the uh, Rangers tonight. I saw a stat yesterday on the on on the MLB Network. <clears throat> that if Dusty Baker and Bruce Bochy met in the ALCS 
it would be like the fifth or sixth time managers with over 1,500 wins would meet meet each other. And Tony LaRusso's in there a, a couple of times against other managers. But Bochy against Dusty Baker would be a, a, a week and a half of fun stuff, wouldn't it? It really would be. It really would be. And, again, I think the biggest thing is that it kind of opens the eyes, I hope, of some of these teams and owners that look and say, okay, look, we need a veteran presence in the dugout. Sure do. Tim, do you? Oh, I've been I've been itching to ask you this. We listened to you with Dave, and even visited with you last week. So we know the heavy influence of the front office. Do you think in game they're sending down, they're calling down, pinch hit so and so, take out so and so, make pitching change? No, Are they doing that in game? It's been done before. I know for a fact because I've talked to some people who have the inside. It doesn't happen. Yeah, and it's all. always been I done. Before, Charlie O'Finley would do it. Stan Brenner yeah, would do it. The, but Yeah, before the game, they go through the scouting report and they say, okay, if we get into these situations, here's who we're going to. Here's who we're going to, whether it's a pinch hit guy, whether it's a bullpen guy. I remember when, when Mookie and them won the, the World Series uh, during uh-huh. the COVID year. Um, what's the left-handed pitcher's name that was with the Rays and now he's with the uh, Padres? Uh, he, he was dominating these guys. They get to the sixth inning, and the Snail. analytics mm-hmm. say, yeah, Blake Snell. They weren't sniffing him. And Mookie said, we couldn't hit the guy if we had a boat paddle. And all of a sudden, right. they take him out. He's out. It wouldn't have mattered if they brought in Nolan Ryan. They were going to hit him because they got Snell out. You know, at some point in right. time, you got to go with your gut. you gotta, you got to scratch the, what the analytics say and just roll with it. And that's the, I think that is the value and the beauty of, you know, these veteran managers that have got a, a really sick sense of, of, of how the game's going and the temperature. A computer's not going to tell you that. Tim, can you imagine an owner telling Sparky Anderson what to do? Oh, my gosh. I mean, think about or it. Or Weaver that's why a lot of, or Whitey Herzog. Of, yeah, yeah. That's why a lot of these veteran managers that even get interviews, they, they pass. They say, I'm not doing it. It's not worth the money for to, for me to be told what to do. I mean, right. if you're hiring me to manage, you're hiring my ex, my experience and my wisdom and knowledge of the game. If not, I'll just sit on the sidelines and watch. And that's what's happening. And they know it would build um, to an instant, and billionaire owner wins. That they're the. They're well, the I don't think. I, yeah, I don't think it's the owner. Well, I mean, uh, stats. I don't think. I think it's the owner who has bought into. All of the things that we've seen through the sabermetrics and all the analytics—a bunch of Ivy League NBA eggheads. Yeah, it's the front office. Now you, mm-hmm. you can say, "Well, look at Tampa Bay. Yeah, they've done a really good job of blending really good young players and the analytics, and that's why they have gone deep into the playoffs the last several years." However, you don't—you don't always. It doesn't always work, and because players got to play, and if the players are. are or, and they go through a stretch where it's not going well, well the, the manager doesn't even have the clubhouse, much less he loses the clubhouse because players know that he's not making decisions. He's being told what to do. Tim Doolin, outstanding stuff. I hope I see you soon. I know I'll see you at Tiger Basketball this fall and winter. All right, Stats. Have a good one. Thanks. Thank, thank you very much. Tim Doolin on baseball. And, again, congratulations to Tim and his Doolin Dodger team on their success last week down in Jupiter, Florida. When we come back, we talk the National Football League. Dave, Dave does it every Tuesday during the NFL season with former Tennessee Vol great Jeff Moore. That's next on Wolo and Friends.
Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Dave is out, and it is my treat to visit once again with Jeff Moore. Dave will be back tomorrow, so next week he'll get to visit with Jeff, but I get the former Tennessee great and Los Angeles Ram, Jeff Moore. Good morning to you. How are you, Jeff? Good morning. I'm doing great. Thank you. How about you? Doing really well. I guess we start with Brock Purdy because Uh that would naturally lead to Dak Prescott. And I think a lot of people could be doing what Brock Purdy's doing, but let's remember from where he came from. He came from Mr. Irrelevant and Iowa State to doing what he's doing. It is sensational. He's nine touchdowns, zero interceptions, one of only two starting, starting quarterbacks to have goose egg interceptions. The other one, CJ Stroud. But is this Brock Purdy or is it the cast around him, Jeff? I know it takes everything in the ultimate team sport. I, I give credit to Brock Purdy because if you're the last guy picked in the draft, there's just the mental toughness that you've got to have when you report to training camp, when you're competing, when you're sitting at meeting. As you see the guys that were starters go down before he even got an opportunity, hey, he just has to be mentally tough. And, and then the skill set. I mean, this guy is throwing some of the most beautiful accurate passes that I can remember seeing. I mean, it's, it's, and you watch him process as he goes back. It, it tells me that this guy's incredibly mentally tough, that he pays much attention to detail and studying defenses, and has spent a lot of time with his coaching staff and so forth and so on, that he's prepared when he gets in a game to deal with whatever comes at him. Uh, yes, now, it doesn't hurt him that he has the kind of supporting cast that he has and that that is a tremendous advantage but you don't even get a chance to play with those guys if you don't have the kind of mental toughness he has yeah i don't know that he could be doing this in arizona i don't know if anybody can do it in arizona but 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 you're, you're talking about the mental toughness jeff imagine and i know it's really changed from when when you were a rookie in camp but just imagine training camp and the rookie hazing and, you know, just, you know, having to sing the fight songs and all that. Right. You know, right. he caught, you know what, at, at training yeah. camp and just a soldier through it. Not to mention that, you know, he was always at the bottom of the depth chart. I mean, it, it was, uh, I, I, I take my hat off to him. Uh, and you're right. I mean, if he was at a different team, it may be a different story. But you can't take away this guy's mental toughness and his preparation. Um, and it, it, it not only does he have the support cast, I think he has one of the, the best coaching staffs around him, too. So, so yeah, true. I think to make, to make it in the NFL, it, a, a lot just depends on where you end up and, and what your, who your teammates are and who your coaching staff is. He's in a great situation in San Francisco. And they're an exciting team to watch, I think, on both sides of the ball. Their defense is incredible. I mean, those guys fly around. They don't miss tackles. They punish you when they tackle. I, I think that the 49ers are head and shoulders above everybody else in the league. So far, I mean, it's five games in, so it's small sample size. 
but Philadelphia is is second, but they're not a close second because they're not consistently playing well on both sides of the ball every week the way the 49ers are. Well, that's how last year ended in the NFC with San Francisco <laughs> having to go on the road to Philly in the game that Brock Purdy, you know, a lot of people feared that he had wrecked his elbow and it was could possibly be career-ending, and now he's back still playing at the league minimum, a paltry 890000 Hope he can make it on that, Jeff. <laughs> I hope he can, man. I hope he can pay a few bills, but he's, got a, he's looking at a big payday. I, I, I believe you know, most people will agree that he's the front-runner for MVP if he continues to play the way he's playing. He he he, he prob- probably is, and you mentioned that defense. There was a time, and then the announcers made a point of it, that uh, Sunday night, Warner, the you know, 54 for the 49ers, right. the linebacker, was covering C.D. Lamb on a go route. <laughs> Man, this guy's a beast. I mean, I watched the tackle that he made uh, earlier in the game when he caused the fumble. And to have the, the presence of mind to be there, set yourself to make the tackle, and then punch the ball the way he did, and then he flies all over the field. I Man, you see, he's he's fast. Um, he, he's he's unbelievable. I mean, that whole defense. I mean, those guys fly around and they bring bad intentions when they when they tackle. Um, I, I love watching them play on both sides of the ball. You there, Brett? Oh, I think we briefly lost Brett there, Jeff. Okay, no problem. Uh, just uh, we, as we having a little technical issues here, as he's getting ready to come back. Okay. Um, but looking at it from the NFL, from the NFL scale of things, I'm you mentioning Brock Purdy. Um, uh-huh. What are some of the young quarterbacks you're looking at? Because you you know we're 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 kind of having questions about Justin Herbert over in. Uh, in L.A., you haven't uh, – we're seeing Jalen Hurts really taking another step. He's kind of carrying his team as they're still trying to figure it out. What are some young quarterbacks, even the rookies, uh, that you're kind of keeping your eye on um, that are kind of standing out to you so far this uh, first quarter of the season? Well, certainly C.J. Stroud, I think, is playing really well and, and really has the Houston Texans. Being very competitive, I, I love what I see him doing. He's not making mistakes with the and football. I explain within himself. Jeff as well. Oh. So as we getting, we having little technical issues here. As we getting everybody, I'm back, Zach. I'm sorry, Jeff. I'm, I'm sorry. I no problem. Say I, I'm, I'm back. Is my Wi-Fi failed? Brett, can you hear us? I can. I'm sorry, Jeff. My, I had, had a little Wi-Fi hiccup. I'm sorry. Uh, no uh, problem. P- pick up where you were, Jeff. I'm sorry. Um, I, we were just talking about the young quarterback so far in the league. And, of course, um, C.J. Stroud, I think, has really played well. I, I think Anthony Richardson's going to be a, 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 a good, solid quarterback. Um, I do, too. With, with, with the Colts, I think he's going to be solid. Um, I, I, certainly, I hope they are able to scheme in some of his running ability because I think he really could cause some challenges for defenses if they give him that opportunity. Um, I'm concerned uh, about Bryce Young at Carolina. Uh, He's not a big guy. He's taken a lot of punishment. um, And he doesn't have any any weapons uh, 
to kind of offset or really threaten any kind of defense. So I'm just hopeful that they'll protect him because I really think he can play the position, but he needs help. Yeah, only winless team uh, remaining in the NFL, and that's the Panthers, and not going to get it fixed this Sunday. 0-5 Panthers, they go to the Dolphins. The Dolphins will be there at the end. That will be two Alabama quarterbacks squaring off Sunday in Miami. Two in the Dolphins, they may have needed that uh, up in Buffalo. So, you know, Sometimes you learn more through adversity than you do just everything sailing along perfectly, like I learned this morning with my Wi-Fi failing, Jeff. <laughs> I know what you mean. Listen, this Miami team is so exciting to watch, man. Those guys are young. They're fast. They're having a lot of fun. Tua is is playing out of his mind, uh, and I love their coach. I love their culture, um, and, and you know they're going to be in the mix. I think they're one of the better teams in the AFC, obviously, uh, and I think they could give Kansas Kansas City a run for their money. I think they'll they'll play better when they play ball Buffalo in Miami. Um, they're they're really an exciting team to watch for the Cowboys in, in, in Dak. Um, he said the Arizona loss was humbling and that Sunday was more humbling, the worst the worst loss he's he's ever suffered. I don't think he's all the problems, but, but uh, all, all the problem with Dallas, but he's got to play better and that coaching mismatch Sunday. Shanahan versus McCarthy. Who that was that was that was a historic mismatch of coaching in my opinion. I agree with you on the coaching mismatch. Uh, I'm concerned about that. I don't like to look in his eyes. Uh, he just does not look like a very confident, mentally tough quarterback at this point in time. And they need him to be. Uh, you know, their defense is missing some guys. Uh, they've got a pretty good, solid football team, I think, on both sides of the ball. But he has to play better for them to, to advance um, through the season and and I'm concerned. I don't know. I mean, he he looks like he could go either way. He could he could go into a tank and continue to play horrible, or he could step it up at this point. And uh, the 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 knock on Dak has been in the big games. He just has not showed up. That's mental toughness to me. And he seems to be really lacking that right now. A young quarterback that did step up, and I like him. I loved him at Cincinnati on their college football playoff team, and I liked him last year. Desmond Ritter had a good game Sunday that I don't think many are are really appreciative of against C.J. Stroud and, and the Texans. I, I think he, he, he's he got something to build on for Arthur Smith with the Falcons. Oh, no question. No question. Um, they, they have some uh, good young weapons. Uh, on that team, and and they're in a division where they they've got a chance. I mean, New Orleans is still sort of trying to figure it out, and and of course, uh, you know, Houston is as well. But of course, Jacksonville um, is pretty much been uh, the Jacksonville in the AFC South. To me, has been uh, a team that really has shown that they're really on an upward surge right now, and. Them getting Buffalo in in London, I thought was was eye opening to say the least. 
London was good to the Jags, and you know all those guys were ready to kiss the ground when they got back home after you know, roughly yeah. 11 or 12 days away from families, away from I, – I saw Trevor Lawrence say he was ready to see his dog. I bet, I bet he was, and they got two wins out of it, and now they come home, actually to home, to TIA uh, Bank Stadium in Jacksonville to play the Colts in a big division game on Sunday. Yeah, that, that's going to be – uh, a great game. I, I hope Anthony Richardson is able to play. I know he was mixed up a little bit from the past game, uh, but the, but you know I, I I love the way that they've changed the culture in Jacksonville, and they're just playing with a lot of confidence. They got some really good young weapons, um, and and they're exciting. They're an exciting team to watch. Jeff, you know I've I've said it for a long time. Coaching really matters at every level, and you have to have a serious presence there. Doug Peterson can walk in and 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 just bring that 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 ring box from winning a Super Bowl in Philly, the only one they've ever had, and he immediately gets the attention of an NFL locker room. Urban Meyer never had a chance there. No, 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 absolutely, and you know it. it, it players uh, look at a guy's resume and his track record, how he's responded to other players, what his success has been, and they size you up. And, and certainly um, uh, it, 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 it brings, you know, that's, that's a good example of a guy who started out and really wasn't able to connect with his players. But it makes me think about Bill che- Belichick in, in New England right now. It doesn't seem like his, he's, it appears that he's losing his locker room is what it appears to me. Uh, and I can't remember a Patriots team that has looked so putrid week in and week out the way these guys are looking right now. Coaching does that, matter, that, absolutely. It, 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 leadership absolutely matters. And, and, and those players, they can sense desperation. All right, tell me, last thing, Jeff Moore, when you were a rookie with the Rams, did any of those Ram veterans make you sing Rocky Top? <laughs> they sure did. Because you know we had Jack Youngblood, who, who was a former ball, who was a Florida Gator. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm not. No, I'm sorry. I said Jack. Jack Glimmer. I met Jack Reynolds. Uh, Jack yeah, Reynolds he was played in too. Tennessee. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, they they, uh, they always do. You know, they're going to embarrass the rookie. I think we lost Jeff here again. I mean, Brett yeah. here again. Okay. No problem. No, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, yeah. just, uh, I guess I, I ask you the final question here, uh, okay. before we, uh, go to our break here, uh, first quarter of the season, which team has stood out to you the most, uh, right now in the NFL and who you think can, can project, uh, down the line here, uh, as we get closer into the colder months of this, uh, of this season. <laughs> so, um, definitely the 49ers, I think, are, again, just head and shoulders above the rest of the pack. They're just playing well, dominating on both sides of the ball. Um, and then, you know, I, I really like this young Miami team. I think that they're, uh, they're certainly a team to watch. But to me, the surprise is Detroit. And, and a little bit of surprise, but if you look back, I mean, they're like 12-3 and three in their last uh regular season games over the, over the last year. So Dan Campbell has really changed the culture. And this is the Detroit team, and it's, it's refreshing to see these guys take the field and have a chance to win every week. He is Jeff Moore. Comes on with Dave Voloshin on every Tuesday here on Wolo and Friends. Jeff, thank you for your patience, man. And okay, I hope pardon? you have a wonderful day. You too. Take care. 
That is Jeff Moore. We're going to go to break. Hopefully we get uh, Brett back online. And then also we'll be talking to TJ Reeves about the NFL as well. This is Wolo and Friends. Be sure to follow us at Sports56WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports56WHBQ. Now, back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM, presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Dave will be back tomorrow, but we visit with T.J. Reeves now. And T.J. Reeves indeed joins us now. And T.J., last week I know you were excited about going to the Rays playoff games and it was too cruel. An, uh, another early exit for the Rays from the postseason. What is the despair like? Is, is, is it criticism of Kevin Cash, or is it just written off to? And wait, it is, wait, TJ. That, that's we're baseball. Today. It's a beautiful day in Tampa Bay. It's cooler here. It's like 75 <laughs> degrees, and we're beginning with the grief and the despair. And I think, I think we're pretty much over it. I sat on this conversation with you seven days ago and said, Am I going to see an instant replay of Cliff Lee, left-handed thrower, putting the Rays' bats to sleep in game one? And sure enough, Jordan Montgomery, who was with the St. Louis Cardinals, did exactly that. And the the Texas Rangers have really not looked back. So here's the question we're posing around here, and I kick it right back to you. If the Rangers go ahead and finish off the Orioles, and it could be over as soon as tonight in a sweep, but if they they finish them off, are we supposed to feel a little better? That the yes. Rangers are now in the American League Championship Series and did it to Baltimore as well. What say you? Yeah, yes, I, I think so. You you ran into the Magic Carpet Ride team with one of the great managers in the history of the sport, and Bruce Bochy. He got three in San Francisco. They hadn't yeah. won anything after they went to the West Coast from 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 New York. He he got ten, twelve. 14 for him. So yes, I think it does uh, make for a softer landing. And and again, people are bemoaning here that this is three straight postseasons where you've had an amazing regular season. This team has won right at 300 regular season games, more than anybody the, team. the last three years, and has mm-hmm. nothing stats, zero, to show for it in October. So very disappointing. And uh, at this point, you got to wonder if they have to retool the philosophy of go get a higher-priced player or two that can produce in October when you need it. It's great that you've demonstrated you can win over 162 games playing the money ball, low purse strings, bringing up guys you drafted, you know, extra extra value Fun on trades and throw-ins. It's, it's great, but... Then you get to you get to October and you can't produce runs. You can't score runs. So very frustrating down here for that. But we we got lots of other optimism because we've got oh by the way the Tampa Bay Lightning cranking up against the Nashville Predators that are there in the region. Regular season starts yeah. tonight, and I know we'll get to the Buccaneers wearing the creamsicle orange because you like me are nostalgic, and the Bucks will have the orange on in a very intriguing game with the Detroit Lions this week. So whatever avenues you want to travel. Hey. 
And when I see them in that uniform, I think of my favorite Buccaneer ever from Brinkley, Arkansas, the greatest high school running back I ever laid eyes on, Jerry Eckwood in the 70s when I see that. One, one more thing about the baseball, TJ. Don't you, and you know, you know both of these sports so well. Don't you think that golf and baseball are those, are the two sports that get that throwaway tagline that's really apt. It's really true, but it, it, it sounds cliche. It sounds, it sounds rather simple of that's baseball. That's golf. Don't you think they're the two biggest true. sports for that? True. And in, and in the case of, of baseball, it is such a long season. And, and then you go into a postseason where you set it up, and they, they've done this on purpose as almost like a do or die right at the beginning. Because let us not forget the Milwaukee Brewers were in the same exact position playing at home as the Central Division winners in the National League, and they let the Arizona Diamondbacks come in and wipe them out in two straight games, and it's over with. And so the, the that's baseball does kind of apply there. Um, but at the, at the same time, uh, you also see those that have spent tons of money on proven pressure delivering players in the postseason. They're the ones that seemingly consistently do this in October. So we oh, we shall see how much farther the the Rangers go. I know for Major League Baseball, they they want the likes of the Braves and the Dodgers and the Astros, and not so much the likes of the Rangers or the Diamondbacks or or the Minnesota Twins. But right. we'll see. We will see. This son. This Sunday, you will be on the sidelines for your duties as Buccaneer sideline reporter on y'all's network, and the Buccaneers will be hosting the Detroit Lions in those uniforms. We know what Baker Mayfield did during the open date uh, coming out of it. That's a good quarterback matchup. Jerry Goff, Mr. Rock, Rocksteady, nine, nine touchdowns, only three interceptions of the year, going against Baker Mayfield on Monday. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and especially because the Lions continue to win. They won at Lambeau, and then they they validated it, came back home, and just pummeled Carolina on Sunday. And now you have a Buccaneer team off the bye week, three and one. When most people thought it would be like one and three, maybe even zero oh and four. And Mayfield has been very good. Stats to your point, not just statistically, but in terms of leadership in terms of go scramble and get a first down if it's needed, get them in the right play at the line of scrimmage. That's kind of an unheralded, unsung thing on are you good enough to see the defense and know the situation and in a matter of a couple of seconds change the play and change into a play that works. And he has done that repeatedly, especially on the road in a hostile, loud place like Minnesota or like what New Orleans was. He repeatedly made the right decision there. So it's not everything. The Buccaneers are only three and one. Who knows what's going to happen? Detroit is good. They're up and coming. And who had this on the bingo card that Detroit, Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> for Nobody. week six is a very relevant game in the NFC, but it is a very relevant game coming up. I don't think anybody had it, and I know everybody kind of his entire football life has been waiting for that sign of maturity and growth from Baker Mayfield. We know he's wildly talented, and he's a wild child, and he, he loves to swing for the fences, but I loved it on Saturday on game day. Immediately <laughs> out of his mouth, he was talking about Coach Bowles, 
Coach Bowles, Coach Bowles, and giving that that veteran head coach, Todd Bowles, and was calling him coach. It drives me crazy when I hear pro players call the coach by the first name. I know they have the relationship, some of them do with that, but it was coach, 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 and it was respectful. I, I thought that was impressive of Baker Mayfield. It, it was good, and he understands. We've talked about this with Wolo, and I think you and I may have mentioned it last week. He understands this is the last chance right now to really demonstrate you can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Because if it does not work out here, and so far it has, it's looking good, then where else is he going to go to start? And you, and it's not comical, you may be looking at, do you go to the XFL slash USFL to prove yourself right. again? Or are you just going to be content with being a number two who sits back and waits if something happens with the starter? But right now, Baker Mayfield answering a lot of that. I thought, I thought it was neat. He was talking about before that game that he had been in touch with Dylan Gabriel the Oklahoma quarterback, about not letting the moment be too big because Dylan Gabriel didn't get to play in the game a year ago with a broken collarbone, and they got destroyed by Texas. So he was reaching out to Dylan Gabriel to give him encouragement and advice on handling the Red River rivalry, and man, what a football game. So yeah, Baker's riding high right now. Bring some of that Sooner magic, as they like to call it, back in the Buccaneer locker room. Put the creamsicles on. The ultimate Buccaneer is Leroy Selman. The, old, the ultimate Oklahoma Sooner for Barry Switzer is the ultimate Buccaneer, the late Leroy Selman, the first ever draft pick. They named an expressway after him down here, Stats. You drive on the Leroy Selman expressway to go east. That's how big a deal Leroy is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So let's rekindle some Sooner magic, some Buccaneer Orange magic, and see what happens. And I've told you a bunch of times, it was one year, I think, during an OU Texas game, and they showed a crowd shot, and an Oklahoma fan in the stands had a sign, and it just said, thank God for Mrs. Selman. (laughs) Well, right, because his brothers also (laughs) played, and two of them also played not only at Oklahoma, but in the NFL, and one of them with uh, a couple of them with the Buccaneers. They eventually both played with the Buccaneers. So the Selmans are legendary. You follow Oklahoma, put on the map by the Selmans, incredible. Uh, the legacy at OU, the legacy here in Tampa Bay still is ongoing. So when, when we did the first throwback game in 2009, he was the first name to go in the ring of honor. We honored him that day, and the Buccaneers upset Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and I will remember that forever, being down on that field with Leroy when the Bucks finally put the orange back on for the first time in about 15 years because Leroy made that famous. And uh, it, it, was, it was neat then. It'll be Nostalgic Sunday. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with this game with the Lions, my friend. Will Will any of the McKay family be represented, J.K. or Rich or any of them? It's interesting. So Rich is the president of the uh, of the Atlanta Falcons, but he came back here when we honored John McKay posthumously and put him in the ring of honor. And J.K. McKay has been back here on occasion because he played on that 1976 team for his dad and with yep. Leroy Selman, by the way. So the McKays no longer have any direct attachment to Tampa or to the Buccaneers, but they always will because their dad, John McKay, the USC coach, was the uh, was the original architect. And so you're stirring up all the memories here of, uh, of what the Buccaneer teams of the, of the late 70s and the early 80s used to do in the Orange with Doug Williams and Leroy Selman and company. So let's see if some of that magic works with the Buccaneers putting the Orange on. I'm looking forward to it for we- Sunday. We will. TJ, thank you so much for today and the last two weeks. It's been fun catching up with you. Enjoy the hockey season. I know we'll visit, and you know I'll be listening to you with Dave every week. Thank you so much for your Love it as always. Do we have proof of life on Wolo in Mexico? We're all good there on that one. We're we're glad to have him back, get him back in there as well. 
You guys ring me up anytime, and we'll see what happens with the Bucks this week. Be well. See you later. And that was TJ Reeves, sideline reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're just going ahead and go ahead and close out the show. We appreciate everyone listening in. Appreciate uh, Jeff Moore, Tim Doolin, and also TJ Reeves for joining the show. Also, we appreciate Brett for hanging with us as well. Even though we haven't experienced some technical difficulties, we appreciate him hosting uh, Wolo and Friends while Dave has been out. Up next on Sports 56, we got Jay Morgan. We got Brian Dacus hosting Johnny Radio, uh, hosting Sports 56 Happy Hours with Johnny Radio here in a few minutes. So stay tuned for them. Until then... See you guys next time.